Bro. another episode of throwback thursday on when the bell tolls with big cut today we take a trip down memory lane just a hair not as bad as some of the other ones but once again we're covering a hulk hogan match this one was the first icon versus icon as it was billed that in my lifetime i'm talking about hollywood hulk hogan and the great one the rock at wrestlemania 18 in toronto so today i am blessed to be joined by little cuz hello so we're going to start off what set this up is hollywood hogan after returning with the nwo at no way out the year before comes out and talks about how big of a star he was how much the fans drove him out he would the they wouldn't be there without hulk hogan there is no bigger superstar in the business and out comes dwayne the rock johnson he yeah. talks about, he praises Hogan. He grew up a Hulkamaniac. He loves all this stuff and proposes one match. Hogan versus The Rock. And Which I remember... We ended up getting twice, but... Did we get it twice? We got it at No Way Out two months later. No way, it was No Way Out was two months later. Uh, we got it at No Way Out in 2003. Did we? Yeah. Because it was the same one. There was a matchup between Bischoff and uh, Stone Cold. I didn't think it was Hogan and The Rock. It was where The Rock aligned with the uh, with uh, the Authority again, or whatever. Uh, the Corporation again. Yeah, it was Hogan Rock too. Oh, okay. So I mean, they build this as icon versus icon. The face, the legend of the past, versus. Or sorry, it's, I think it was Jr. The King put it: wrestling's past. First wrestling's future in The Rock, which is kind of ironic because two years later, The Rock was 85% Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Kind of funny how that plays out. Hollywood start- Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> Absolutely. So we get Hogan and NWO attack The Rock, hit him in the back of the head with a hammer, which we then know comes into play later on in TNA. Not between either of these two, but it does. Yeah. The Rock gets put in an ambulance conveniently placed is an NWO semi <laughs> that they drive into the side of the ambulance. Mm-hmm. So we get the buildup for this match and out first comes Hollywood Hulk Hogan with the, I mean, it's not to me, it does. The music does not carry the same power in WWE that it did in WCW. Well, there's also not 45 other people following him. That's also very true. This is a match. He stopped Hall and Nash beforehand. He said, listen, I'm going to do this on my own, brother. So the Rock comes out, and the crowd is absolutely electric for the start of this match. Skydome. Many of the crowd chanting for the rock. Our 
something that wasn't the main event and there's no telling whether they're chanting hogan or rocky like they're i, well, think, I mean they're chanting, they're chanting both of them but you can't tell which one's more prominent absolutely and i love being a kid watching this and you see hogan and the rock turn opposite directions and then the other way and they're just absorbing the electricity in toronto in the sky dome that night so hollywood dominates early on I mean, for the first uh, three, four minutes of the match, it is nothing but Hogan. And the crowd loves every time Hulk Hogan flexes those 24-inch pythons. Brother. (laughs) (laughs) So The Rock finally musters a little bit of offense with a clothesline, which he leaps, and he gets the, the patented, I called it his punch combo. The Rock lean back, swing them big arms at him, and to me, that's one of the Rock's patented moves combo. Yeah, and he's like he's like crow hopping baseball trying to box. Goes for a rock bottom. It's blocked. Hogan once again gains control. Jr. mentions, and I love that the fact that he mentioned this. The last time Hogan was in the Sky Dome, he lost the WWF Championship to the Ultimate Warrior. Yes. At this point, Warrior hadn't been mentioned in a long time, and his stuff with the company kind of soured, so I'm kind of shocked that they mentioned this. But it is JR, and we all know he doesn't really give a crap. Not in the slightest. Not, no, <laughs> not. <laughs> so we get The Rock has a glimpse of hope, but Hogan hits, they call it a suplex. He, he hit him with a backdrop. It, it, it looked like a very poor, it looked like a very poor attempt at like an Olympic slam. Absolutely. And we get our first Matty Ice patented, and I'll let you do it. One, two, scoop! Absolutely. Hogan then locks in the ab- the abdominal stretch. Abdominal. Ab stretch. <laughs> yeah, the, the Hulk Hogan locked in the uh, abdominal snowman stretch. The abdominal stretch? <laughs> yeah. And then he <laughs> goes for a roll-up. Hulk Hogan tried the small package for another... One, two, scoop! And Did you recognize have, the ref in this match? Yes, Mike Kyoto. Oh, yeah. I have never seen Hulk Hogan try to roll someone up, and it was just funny to watch. Because, I mean, he's, we, he's, not, he's not a small dude. No. Nothing like the face of your company winning via small package. Hogan is now... He's got the rock in the corner, and he's dragging his nails down the rock's back like it's a chalkboard. Rock has a glimpse of hope again with some shots, and he runs into, they called it a clothesline. It's like a power choke slam. It was like one of the old school big show choke slams where he would just fall with you, 
And that's when Hogan starts choking The Rock out, hand on throat, and the ref just counting. One, two, scoop! Yeah, well, he didn't get it with a pin, but close enough. And then Hogan pulls a string out of somewhere, I don't want to know where, and chokes The Rock with it. How is this not a DQ? I, I don't know. I mean, he did. He pulled off two blatant chokeholds before that, and Kyoto just looked at him. Absolutely. So, once again, the crowd is pro-Hogan, which to me is a little bass-ackwards in this situation because NWO is a heel group. Yeah. You shouldn't be cheering the heel. Next, the Rock I mean, gets Go ahead. That's true. It is the face of wrestling. Rock next with his patented right hands. But as he goes for it again, Hogan just takes his hand and throws him out of the ring. Just yeets him over the top rope. <laughs> he does. Hogan drops the rock on the barricade and begins clearing the announce table, which made prominent appearance in last week's Throwback Thursday. Once again, it makes an appearance in this one. Rock counters and bashes Hogan's face into the table repeatedly. Grabs the chair and Mike Kyoto, all glorified as if grabs the chair, and The Rock turns around into one of the stiffest clotheslines you've ever seen. I did notice watching this, and this is a little side note. If you look in the crowd, whenever Hogan clotheslines The Rock, there's a guy holding an NWO sign upside down. So it's OMU. <laughs> Very nice. Hogan throws The Rock's back. Throws The Rock's. They're back in the ring. This is a difficult podcast, y'all. A little bit. Hogan, throw, Hogan throws the rock back into the ropes, hits a double axe hammer on the rock's back, who just a shoulder <laughs> check. Right obliterates Kyoto. Normally, it looks like revs don't absorb the hit very well, but they showed that in slow motion. Kyoto ate every bit <laughs> of the rock. So Hogan gets his uh, nice little shots in. Rock hits him with a spine buster, locks in the sharpshooter. Hogan forces his way to the ropes, grabs them. We all know that's a whole lot of good in this match. The ref is still knocked out. Hogan is tapping to try to, to essentially lose the match. Ref is knocked out. Rock goes over and just kicks him. Kicks Kyoto. It's like, hey, wake up. Do something. Hogan, hit, Hogan hits him with a patented heel move, the almighty low blow. And just starts wearing out. Sorry. Hogan then hits The Rock after The Rock is holding his pebbles. Hogan hits him with The Rock's move, The Rock Bottom. Which was pretty impressive for Hogan, by the way. My thing is, before all that happened... Well, did, did, did the belt happen after or before The Rock Bottom? After. Because, okay, no matter what... That's a disqualification no matter what way you look at it. Correct. But after the Hogan hits the rock bottom, we get our third. Go ahead. One, two, scoop. And then conveniently, Kyoto just passes out again. This allows Hogan to take off his belt, swing it around like he does, whip the rock like a government mule. And I thought, hey, that's a DQ. And then I realized Kyoto had been passed out again. Because you are correct, it is a DQ. Rock next hits a DDT on Hogan, which to much of the crowd's chagrin, they love oh so well as The Rock gets booed. 
Now The Rock gets Hogan's belt and wears Hogan out. A, a nice piece of symbolism, too, is before the last shot he hits him with the belt, he holds up the Hollywood belt, spits on it, and whips him again. Correct. I did like how he did spit on it, which is funny that The Rock spits on Hollywood, and he's the biggest star in Hollywood now. Just saying. So The Rock hits a rock bottom when you get our fourth. Well, this this one wasn't even a one-two scoop. This is a one-two hulk up. <laughs> He's hulking up, and the crowd is berserk. Everyone is standing. At this point, we get the finger wagged. Uh-uh-uh. Three punches. You hear the crowd chant out, one, two, three. Irish whip, big boot to the leg drop, and you hear JR. He beat Andre with that move. Yeah, he did at WrestleMania three. so 15 manias before this. A little difference in person. And we get our <laughs> a little difference in age, too. <laughs> yeah, and we get our fifth. One, two, scoop! Hogan, trying to ride off the crowd's momentum and energy, goes again for the big boot, hits it, goes for the leg drop, and catches nothing but Matt. Does not hit at all on the rock. We get two rock bottoms from the great one. The people's elbow after he just all of a sudden turns into super rock. We all give Cena junk. I, I like. I've never even seen. I've never seen anybody kip up as fast as he did. No, and it was like kip up, kick arm, kick arm, and just go. So we then we get the one, two, three. The great one wins. The crowd shows support for both fan, both both fans, both wrestlers. It's a difficult podcast today, y'all. Just roll with this. Nobody in the arena is sitting down at all. They go face-to-face after the match, and we get Hogan with his iconic, he's holding his rib cage, extends that hand, sort of like Savage Hogan did years ago when they formed the Mega Powers. He, they need mutual respect between wrestling's past and wrestling's future. Hogan then offers praise from the crowd to The Rock, Rock gets out of the ring, which I loved, and I don't know if any of you caught this. The Rock clears the ring to leave Hogan in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great. And all of a sudden, we hear JR, what are they doing out here? And out come Hall and Nash. And they begin bashing Hulk Hogan and the fact that he gave a handshake to The Rock because that's not very heel of him. How dare he? And we get a sucker punch from Kevin Nash to Hulk Hogan. They, they, I mean, they start. They, they, they wear the they, they wear the tar out of him. Yes, they do. And the Rock comes back or returns in the ring to help Hogan. They lay out Hall and Nash. 
similar, and I compared it to, let's say, fourteen uh, WrestleMania 32. Cena returns to help The Rock against the Wyatt family. Yeah. Sort of the same, I, I put it as the same impact. Wrestling past versus wrestling future, or current, as you put it. But The Rock stops Hogan from leaving. I It's sort of like when they used to stop Rikishi. The Rock said, oh, no, no, you're back in here. And he requests the vintage Hogan. It's hard to do it on a podcast, y'all. But the, the ear. And he waves and points at the crowd. And you get him flexing his muscles. The crowd is berserk for this whole show. And I put, this should have been the main event of WrestleMania 18. What was the rain? What was the main event? Was this Jericho and Triple H? Correct. There was two matches following this match. Yeah, Lita, Jazz, and Trish for the women's title, and then Maven and Christian for the hardcore title. But that happened in the parking lot. So, and that was after Christian had already fought in the show previous against DDP. Yeah, and Triple H and Jericho were the last two official matches in the ring. Neither one of them stood a chance to live up to Hogan Rock. None of them. Yeah. And I, I, I want to say the, the list I've looked at, Triple H Jericho, this, oh, sorry, this is, the Hogan Rock is one of the matches that should have been a main event but wasn't. A lot like Michael's Taker. Well, they brought up, like, the of the 17 WrestleManias that happened before this one, Hogan main evented nine of them. Correct. He really did. It's it's incredible, and it lead that we get the last image of Hogan and Rock rock walking up the stage, side by side, as they go, and leave the show. But I wanted to pose this question to you: If you watch the match on silent, what is your value of this match out of five? I would much rather watch paint dry. This there are so many botches in this match. This this is the epitome of botchamania. Well, I don't know. There wasn't as many botches. There's one. There been. There's one time Hogan goes to big boot Rock in the corner, and Hogan's foot doesn't even get above Rock's knee. Oh, now that uh, I think he was supposed to get midsection kick, and obviously did not work. Yeah, out. Uh, yeah. Hogan Hogan's leg didn't even get. Or Hogan's foot didn't even get above Rock's knee. Uh, there were so many. Times the Rock got clotheslined but never got touched. Well, I think the Rock was able to sell these moves, unlike Shawn Michaels was the, years. The later. Rock could sell sand to Egyptians. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, there wasn't as many botches. I mean, I thought it was a pretty decent match, but if you take the crowd noise out of it, it's kind of just a. It yeah, takes it takes it from a four star to like a two and a half. Yeah, the crowd makes this match because they were electric from start to finish. One of these matches that the crowd makes the match, a lot like when Roman Reigns wins the Royal Rumble. That Royal Rumble wasn't a bad Rumble, but the crowd reaction in Philly craps on the whole Rumble. Yep. Because Daniel Bryan was at number 30. That was... Sorry. No, it was Brian the year or the year after that should have been thirty, and it was Ziggler. This is the one Reigns wins when Daniel Bryan gets eliminated by Bray Wyatt. That's right. So I mean, it shows how much of a difference the crowd makes in a single match. 
And this match is not a bad overall match because of the the impact that it would have going on because Scott Hall gets fired uh, less than two months down the road, maybe a little around three months because of the plane ride from hell incident. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Nash isn't cleared to fight because of his injuries. So Hogan leaves the NWO after this. They reform a new one on SmackDown the following week with X-Pac. And then I want to say it's later on, maybe a week or two after, uh, Big Show and Austin are fighting Hall and X-Pac, and Big Show joins the NWO. <laughs> so, I mean, I understand what Vince was doing with bringing the NWO in. He talked about his, his locker room needed in an, an injection of poison. And this would have worked had Hall not been, had all his issues, Nash not been hurt, who would have thought of the three of them? Hogan would be the one that would fight the longest. Who knows? <laughs> I sure wouldn't have. But you this match... Toward me. What? Go back and watch the entrance for The Rock and listen to how much they say he weighs. Oh, yeah. 275 pounds. Absolutely. I believe every bit of it. Well, he's too... According to the Wikipedia, he's 260 now, but... Still, yeah, he's two. He's two sixty. He's got like seven percent body fat. I also didn't but realize Hulk Hogan was six foot seven. No, I don't know. I mean, they, they're always they're build different. According to his Wikipedia, he's six foot seven. Hogan is a big dude, but I never would have thought he was six foot seven. And three and three hundred and two pounds. Now that I would believe, but uh. This match overall, the crowd makes the match. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. We have wrestling's past versus wrestling, wrestling's present. Contrary to belief, it's not wrestling's future because The Rock's best years at this point were way past him. It, it, was, essentially, had, it was essentially more of an old dog versus the young lion type deal. Correct. And, Jay, uh, and uh, the king mentions it. The young lion will bite off the head of the old guard to take power. And The Rock does this. And then he does it many, many years later. We get Cena, The Rock, in pretty much the same situation. At this point, Rock was wrestling's past, and Cena was wrestling's current, not wrestling's future. And eventually, at some point, we're going to get John Cena passing the same torch to somebody as wrestling's past versus wrestling's current. I'm not sure who it's going to be yet. But we're going to get that because it seems to work that way. The only one I could really think of that has any bit of star power like that, oh, anywhere near that, is probably Rollins. That, and as, I don't, I don't, as much as I don't like Rollins, he's the only one that has anywhere near the star power of those two. I don't know if it's going to be maybe an AJ Styles. Well, AJ's an older guy. What about like an Adam Cole? Or uh, like an Adam Cole or like an Aleister Black. Keith Lee. Eh. Or Kevin Owens. Owens and Cena tell a good match. A Velveteen Dream. Um, his all his legal stuff. We don't know if he's going to be in the company much longer. Eh. Unfortunately. But I don't know if there's currently there's no one that holds that star power of the Rock, Hogan, Cena. But they didn't start out that way. Unless they get, like, Daniel Bryan. But I don't know. We would have to grow someone. Because when Cena debuted as Ruthless Aggression, he had frosted tips. 
Yeah. The Rock debuted as Rocky Maivia. With you, the Jerry Curl. Told, yeah, you couldn't tell me from their debuts that they were going to be where they were. So we may end up getting someone maybe like a Cameron Grimes. We had a Dexter Loomis. A Dexter Loomis, Damian Priest, Roderick Strong. Somebody like that. A Bobby Fish. Being, yeah. yeah. Could, uh, could end up being the face of the company. We just don't know it yet. And it's going to take someone like a John Cena to put them over, a lot like The Rock helped Cena. Now, The Rock won, of course. The first time. First one? First time he won. But Second one, Cena won and won the title from him. Those type of matches help. And I honestly believe that was the intention when they scheduled The Fiend and John Cena originally. Was Fun fact about that match. If you look at if you look up who won the Firefly Funhouse match, it says John Cena. Interesting. But if you look at the match part, it said the Fiend won. Yeah. But I honestly believe had that been actually in Tampa in the arena, that was the passing of the torch. That would have been that would have been so much creepier. I honestly believe that would have been the passing of the torch. Cena to Bray Wyatt and. I don't know. With what they did, though, I don't know if they could have done like what they did in the arena. Well, their match at thirty was pretty darn good. Had it been a last man standing Fiend Cena match, I think would have had the same impact. Yeah, but I don't know. But we're gonna go ahead and end today's podcast for our Throwback Thursday: Rock Hogan WrestleMania eighteen. And I want to know the fans' opinion on this. Does the crowd make this match? Or is it the billing of Icon versus Icon? Leave me a voice message and let me know. I want to say a huge thank you to everyone who tuned into our podcast today. Throwback Thursday, Hogan versus Rock, and Mania 18, Icon versus Icon, Wrestling's Past versus Wrestling's Current. And I really do want to know the fans' opinion and their, their voices. Does the crowd make this match, or is it the billing of Icon first Icon? So thank you again for all your support as you have shown this podcast, and I hope you continue to support us as we go forward. And remember, when the bell tolls, the match is over.